Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. So glad to have you with me once again. Seems like it's been a while since I've done an episode. Sorry for the absence, (laughs) but uh, good things come to those who wait and patience is a virtue. So (laughs) for those who have been waiting for a new episode, well, I'm glad to be back in the swing of things again. Just a little bit of housekeeping before we get started with this week's episode. Uh, I have a podcast website Go beyond the benediction.com. I know a lot of you probably listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, or you may go to Spotify, but if you could just go to the website and just leave a comment or a voicemail, I'd love to hear from you just how the podcast has been a blessing to you. If there's any questions or any topics that you would like to cover for me to discuss at some point, I would like to just engage with you if this podcast has blessed you. In any kind of way, if you could, please just go to their website again, go beyond the benediction.com. All right. So let's get into this week's episode. Why Christians should not aim to be popular. Now, that title alone has probably intrigued you, which is why you're listening. <laughs> but think about that. Why should we not try to be popular? It seems like you would want to be popular. As a Christian, it seems as if you will want to have as many friends, as many followers, because your goal should be to share the gospel, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, we want to make sure we have a widespread reach of people. And we want to make sure that our voices are heard in a myriad of different streams. If you have different Follow us on on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. You know, it would be good to have people who know your stance and know your faith and have an opportunity to share your faith. But should that be a goal to be popular? And more so than popular is maybe to be liked. Because usually when you hear the word popular, you're well known because you're probably well liked. And of course, there are scriptures who talk about that we should operate and live in peace among even those who aren't Christian. We should try to live in peace and harmony amongst them. But as a Christian, our goal should be to please God. Our goal should be to share the gospel, but our goal should not be to be popular. Well, let me give you one scripture to start us off. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 18. It says, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. So the very message of the cross is not going to be received easily by most people. We've talked about this in other episodes, how there are a lot of challenges that people face to salvation. As a matter of fact, I did a three-part series on obstacles to salvation. I encourage you to check those out. Yet another reason to go to gobeyondabenediction.com. <laughs> check out that series that I did. But there's a reason why the, it's hard to be popular as a Christian. And again, more so well-liked. Because the more you make a stance for Christ, 
the more you take a stance against things that are in the world. And typically, the things that are in the world are the things that are popular. If you look at it in the sense of music and arts, the things that are considered good are the things that are considered popular. They have widespread appeal. But as Christians, and those of us who have been Christians for quite some time, you've already encountered, I'm sure at some point, some apprehension, some resistance from people who, even though you meant well, but the fact that you had a stance or a belief system that went against the popular norm, that you were not popular. You were not someone that people gravitated to because to them, as the scripture said, the message of the cross is foolishness. They don't understand. They see you as myopic. They see you as closed-minded. They see you as judgmental. So being a Christian, as we've talked about again in previous episodes, is not something that's going to engender you to the masses. Does that mean that no one's going to like you? Of course not. You know, God has made us creatures who desire fellowship and God will surround you with people who share your views. And you have family all over the world. If you're a Christian, you're part of something bigger. You're part of the universal church. But for the purpose of this week's episode, we as Christians should not try to fit in to something that we've not been designed to fit into. So as Christians, why? Should we not aim to be popular? Well, the first reason why we should not aim to be popular is because the world is not our proving ground. The world is not the place where we look for validation, where we look for value, where we look for confirmation. Our value, our confirmation, who we are is all determined by God himself. He is our creator. He's the one that gave us all of our gifts and talents. And he's the one that respects us to use the gifts and talents for his glory. So because of that, the world does not apply when we're looking for something to feel good about ourselves. I mentioned this in the previous episode, that a Christian is not concerned with self-esteem. A Christian is concerned with savior esteem. We want to esteem the name of Jesus Christ. And again, the very fact that you have a stance that is pro-Christ, you are automatically anti-world. You have to get that into your mind, that the moment you decided to become a Christian, the world is no longer your home. And because the world is no longer your home, trying to appeal to your world should not be something that you value. Let me give you a scripture. Galatians chapter 1, starting at verse 9. And this is the Apostle Paul. He says, I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Verse 10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Wow. So right here, Paul says in verse 10 that he's not trying to win people's approval, but of God. I know a lot of times when you look at politics, they look at the president's approval rating, (laughs) how that person is doing, how the masses are viewing the president. Well, when it comes to Christians in the world, 
our approval rate is going to always be bad. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't even ask for our uh, Christians approval rating in context with the world. I wouldn't even want to know what the number is because it would be significantly low and paltry. But as Paul is saying in the Galatian text, that shouldn't even be our goal. Remember, if you are endeavoring to live for God, if you are endeavoring to serve God, you have to anticipate people who are anti-God voicing their opinions about you. And we don't like to think of people being anti-God, but God makes it clear in Scripture. There is no middle ground. There is no lukewarm. The Scripture says you're either hot or you're cold. You're either for him or against him. And we sometimes like to view people in a certain lens or with our certain sensibilities. And while God loves everyone, he shows grace and mercy to everyone. Ultimately, you and I are going to fall into one or two categories. Those who are with Christ and those who are against him. And like Paul said in the scripture, if pleasing people was his goal, he wouldn't be his servant. So now the tricky part is we should be trying our best to introduce people to Christ and do so with the right demeanor. But we can't be concerned whether they necessarily agree or necessarily sign on. Or it's going to sound harsh. If their feelings might be hurt a little bit. Now, are you going to be mean-spirited? Are you going to be antagonistic? Of course not. Think about any time you've confronted someone or someone has confronted you. There's always some anxiety. There's always some angst because you don't know how it's going to be received. So if we are trying to be people of God, living for Christ, spreading the gospel, the good news to a world who is already decidedly anti-Christ, why should we look for approval in that same realm? We should not look for approval in a realm that needs to be transformed. Think about that. The Bible makes it clear that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind because our minds are conditioned by the world. So if we have to renew our minds from the things of the world, why should we seek to be popular in the world? And I say that because, again, to really drive the point home, if you really are banging the drum for Christianity, if you are really carrying that proverbial bloodstained banner for Christ, you need to be prepared for backlash. You must have thick skin to be a Christian because the words and the animus is coming. But the Bible says that anything we do for God, he's going to be with us throughout it all. And he's given us the armor, the full armor of God to ward against the attacks of the enemy. And of course, the attacks of people who don't believe in God. So we got to understand that the world is not our place where we prove our worth. It's in God, through God, and for God alone where we get our worth. So the world is not our proving ground. That's the first reason why we should not aim to be popular. The second reason why Christians should not aim to be popular is that the world will never accept you. You have to understand. I just mentioned you have to have thick skin, right? If you're a Christian, you have to understand that the world does not like you. 
the world will not be receptive to hear you. The world will, for the most part, will not even tolerate you. They will be irrationally mean and fearful of you. Because I think somebody gave this analogy once. A sinner runs from the gospel like a criminal running from the police. No one wants to hear they're wrong. And if you have the audacity to tell someone that they're wrong and that Jesus Christ is the answer to turn away from their sins and their wickedness, no one wants to hear they're wrong. No one wants to hear that their lives are fatally out of line with God because we all feel like we're good people anyway. So because of that, the world would never accept us. The world is not capable of looking at us in the same way that we view the gospel, as we just mentioned in the first Galatian text. But here's another scripture I want to give you. John chapter 15, starting at verse 18. This is Jesus talking. He says, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. I mean, we can stop right there. Now, if the world hates Jesus and we are followers of Jesus, we want to emulate Jesus, be made in the image of Jesus. You think they're going to not hate us, too? This is verse 18. Let's go to verse 19. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Wow. Jesus made it clear that the world hates you and I. So why would we endeavor to be popular in a place or in a society that has already decided that it hates us? I mean, you think about someone that you may know or have known in your past, or even someone you know now, that you really were nice to, you were kind to, you were really you know, personable, and you were, you, you were very relational to them. And for some reason, no matter what you did, no matter how nice you were, no matter how kind and considerate, they just never seemed to like you. They just always seemed to give you the cold shoulder. They were always mean. They were always just unkind to you. And no matter how much you tried to endeavor yourself to them, they never reciprocated. They never responded back in kind. Think about that and how that felt. That's a microcosm of what it's like for the world. No matter how much we try to engender ourselves, no matter how much we try to have the right perspective, the world is not for God. The world is sold out for the things of the enemy. Because Jesus just said, we are no longer part of that system. We've been called out. The word church means called out. If you're part of the church, the body of Christ, then you don't belong to the world. As Jesus just said here, the world will love you if you belong to it. But the moment you are no longer part of the world, you became the enemy to the world. The world does not view you as its own, as the scripture says here. So we have to understand as Christians that being popular should not be a priority because the people we want to please, we can't please. <laughs> the people in the world don't want to be a part of what we're offering. Now, you might be saying, Kevin, if 
the world is not proven ground and the world hates us. Why do we even bother? Like, why should I even try? You're telling me that the world hates me. You're telling me the world, I'm not part of the world. So, hey, let me just live my life and, and operate in my own Christian freedom. And, hey, let the people in the world just live their lives and leave them to their own devices. Let them have their way. Let them all just end up in hell. Well, this is the part that we have to understand. Even though we're not part of the world, the people who are in the world are still God's creation. And just as someone was used by God to take us out of the world, God wants to use us to take someone else out of the world. Now, of course, we talked about this in previous episodes. We still have free will. God has given us the awesome gift of choosing. We don't have to leave the world. But we can choose to if we choose Christ. But God would not be just if he did not give each one of us an opportunity to choose. So that's where you and I come in. God uses instruments like you and I who are familiar with the world because we were in the world to help bring others out of the world. So that's one key that we can always remember that we all have value in that regard. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a pastor or any part of some major church or denomination. The fact that God called you out of the world means you have value because you can also be used to bring others out of the world. So even though the world is not proving ground and the world won't accept us, we still have an obligation to reflect God's goodness in the world because some of us. The only reason why we're saved is because we encounter people who were saved, that you saw someone who had the light of Christ in them. And you said, that's something I want. That was attractive to you. It wasn't necessarily because they went to church. It wasn't because they knew the Bible verbatim. It was because you saw how they lived their life and you saw the light of Christ. And that was attractive. And that in itself was enough to be a precursor to bring you out of the world. But imagine if you and I, as Jesus says in the scriptures, don't show our light in a dark world, then that person may never get experienced or exposed to the goodness of Christ. So even though the world is not proven ground and the world will not accept us, we still have an obligation to not necessarily be popular or seek to be popular, but we can still seek to be potent and powerful and showing the light of Christ in our lives. So, the last reason for this week's episode, while we should not aim as a Christian to be popular, is because the world is temporary. So we've already established that the world's not going to accept us and the world hates us, but the good news is that this world is not going to be here forever. There is a clock that's ticking there is a countdown for when our Lord and Savior will return, which puts more importance on why you and I, though we shouldn't aim to be popular, we should aim to be impactful. Because there is going to come a time when Jesus is going to return and he's going to judge those who we already established are either for him and against him. And he's going to look at those in the world who had a lifetime of chances to come to him. And they chose of their own volition to not accept his free gift of salvation. 
So even when you and I are going through our struggles as Christians and it's hard to evangelize and go out into this world that we've already established that hates us and won't accept us and doesn't want any part of us. The good news is our, our efforts would not be in vain that God's going to reward us. And the Apostle Paul is such an awesome example of that because if you've ever read his epistles, his letters, you see the trials and the issues and the travails that he went through, the struggles of preaching the gospel to the world, to both Jews and Gentiles. So just think about how hard he had it. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 16. It says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Verse 18. So we don't look at the troubles that we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. This is the part right here. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Think about how motivated Paul had to be to endure being beaten, to be in prison, to be ridiculed, and to be martyred for his faith. So why did he have that disposition being in a world that was a lot more uh, upfront about their anti-Christian venom than we are? Because today, you know, as much as we face persecution for our faith, it pales in comparison to what they faced in Paul's time. Because just being a Christian and saying Jesus is Lord, was, you could be subject to death to saying it. But he faced that kind of persecution daily. But he made it clear that the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. He could keep on in a world that was decidedly against him because he knew that the world he was preaching to was not going to be here forever. He knew there was something better and bigger and infinitely more wonderful than the world he was currently in. And that's something that you and I have to focus on. As the scripture says, to fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. We cannot see the kingdom of God. We cannot touch the kingdom of God, but we believe by faith that it's coming. We know that salvation is real. We know that the rewards that we seek for faithfully serving God are real. So we have to focus on the fact that, yes, the world will not accept us. And yes, the world is not proving ground, but we can still do God's will in the world because the world is temporary. Isn't that good news to know that whatever it is you're facing, whether as believers or just the environment you're in, it's all temporary. That the things that last, the things that are eternal are the things that are so awesome and so amazing that we can't even fathom how great they are. So as we wrap this week's episode up, keep in mind as a Christian that you are going to face tribulation, as Jesus says. But be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. And the way we can overcome the world is to realize that the world is not our proving ground, that the world will not accept us, and the world is temporary. Fix your gaze on the things of God. Those are the things that matter. You and I should not endeavor to, to please man. We should always be trying 
to please God. Because the world is not a place for you and I. The place that we should be focusing on is a place that's not temporary, but it's eternal. I thank you so much for listening. I pray that this episode bless you. And as always, make sure your light shines brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ beyond the benediction.